Remember a couple of years ago how everybody was talking about that a market crash was coming? I've done a couple of videos on that. Everybody's like, oh my God, what if it happens? What if it doesn't? Now everybody's talking about it's going to be soft landing. There's not going to be any recession. And there's one thing that people forgot about, the saying, only the paranoid survive. So people are now, it's totally fine. Look at the market. It's near all-time highs. But is it really? If you were to pull out the top seven stocks, when you see the numbers on this, it's staggering. And on top of that, there is an indicator of when a recession actually hits. And it isn't while we're raising interest rates, the Fed. It happens after we stop raising rates and wait till you see how long it takes for the market to crash. And by the way, I got a bunch of other data to share with you, but uh, I've learned one thing for sure. Having been in the financial industry since the day before 9-11, only the paranoid survive and those who are way too confident are typically wrong and those who are way too cocky are also typically wrong. Okay, so if you get value out of this video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Let's get right into it. So here's US interest rate hikes in the history of America when we raise rates. We have never raised 4.88 percentage points as quickly as we did in the States. So if you look at this here, the yellow to the left shows how quickly we kept increasing rates. And then you'll see the lowest was from 2015 to 2018 when we raised two points. Then you'll see 1999 to 2000, we raised 1.51. And then you'll see 2004 to 2006, over two years, we raised roughly four points. 94 to 95, 2.67. 88 to 89, 3.3. But nothing comes close to the 22 to 23 of 4.88. But what does this really mean? So if we look at the balance sheet, of uh, this is pretty much the quantitative easing balance sheet. If you look at the top, that shows how much bonds the Fed is buying. But if you look at the bottom, the M2 money supply shows how much money is circulating in the economy. So you notice if you go to 2020, look how historically it's gradually climbing, 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 but it's nothing that's sudden. Then all of a sudden, boom, we feed the economy, the market with trillions of dollars we're not accustomed to. And we don't have another case study for somebody to say, well, here's what's going to happen. Well, it's totally okay. Well, don't worry about it. Based on what? Based on what case study can you speak so confidently saying nothing's going to happen? So look, I've been the financial industry since 9-11, the day before 9-11. And I've owned stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, crypto, gold, you name it, I've owned it. But the one thing that's very important part of my portfolio all these years is gold. I love having a percentage of my net worth in gold that I have access to in case of many different things. A few facts you need to know about gold. Number one, the gold market cap is $11.8 trillion. Since 2000, the compound annual growth rate for gold has been 9.24%, and during times of high inflation, 3% plus, has been 15.35%. Now, those are just some numbers for you, but there's some other benefits to add gold to your portfolio. Number one, hedge against inflation. Number two, results showed recently that 93% of central banks are working on a CBDC. So this means what? That could be a manipulated currency that they own. If you own gold, it's a non-duplicatable asset. You're now hedging against CBDC taking place. Number three, a potential cyber threat. If it happens, you don't have access to your money. You don't have access to your accounts. Well, you have access to your hard physical gold. Number four is anonymous. No one knows you have that gold. And last but not least, diversification. That's why we chose to work with our new sponsor, American Hartford Gold. If you have retirement funds that you cannot afford to lose, American Hartford Gold will ship physical gold or silver directly to your door. Also, if you have retirement funds that you can't afford to lose, now is the time to call American Hartford Gold a precious metal dealer you can trust. They have the finest products, amazing customer service, and a buyback commitment. They've earned a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Tell them I sent you and they'll send you up to $5,000 worth of free silver on your first order. 
So click on a link in the description or call 866-939-6984. Again, 866-939-6984. Everybody is almost protecting whatever business they're part of, investment they have. They're trying to sell why they're right and maybe don't worry about it or do worry about it. But the reality of it is nobody knows 100% what's going on because we've never been here before. So let's continue. So then 2024 projections, what's next for the U.S. economy? They did a survey to find out who thinks a recession is coming. Look to the left. The Fed staff says 0%. There's not going to be a recession. I remember they're, they're in the business. So they're supposed to be saying that because that is Wall Street, right? Yield curve says 61% chance a recession is coming next 12 months. Economists are at 48%. Consumers are at 60 69%, that's Main Street, you and I. Goldman Sachs is saying only 15%. Bank of America, 35 to 40%. But look at CEOs, 84%. Okay. C-suites are saying 84%. Now, what would CEOs know that rest of them don't know? Maybe they know their debt payment. Maybe they know when their debt payment interest rates that they got was lower. That if they have to renew the debt that they got, it's going to go up here. How the hell are we going to make those payments? Maybe we ought to look at what some of these CEOs are talking about. And if you go to the bottom, you'll notice the percentage of S&P 500 companies citing keywords on earning calls. Look at what's happened from Q2 2022 to Q2 2023. What words they're using fewer times. Inflation has decreased. Material costs decreased. Economical slowdown decreased. Job cuts went up, but it's also decreased. So could this be a sign that everything's going to be okay? If yes, why are CEOs at 84% saying a recession is coming? Are they Houdini? Are they Nostradamus? Are they somebody that can predict the future? What do they know that the rest of the people don't know? Now, when it comes on to S&P 500, these are the 500 biggest companies in America. Something very interesting is happening. There are seven companies that make up 28 percent of the S&P 500. Let me break this down for you. 500 biggest companies, seven companies make up 28%. In the history of S&P 500, never has there been a time where seven companies make up 28%. We've never had seven companies. You know, too big to fail. We've never had seven companies. Now, what are these companies? You got Meta, Facebook, NVIDIA, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, and Tesla. So why is this important? Here's why. If you look at the S&P 500 year-to-date returns, you will notice a number roughly around 12.4%. Could be higher, could be lower, but it's not 12%. You know what Magnificent 7's return is for the year so far? Roughly 92%. So what happens if you take the seven stocks out and there's only 493 stocks left. How's the S&P 500 doing? It's down. So the seven are pulling the rest of the market and it looks like everything else is okay, but is it really? So we decided to break it down to see how small cap companies were doing, mid cap companies were doing versus large cap companies. And you will notice a trend here, watch this. Okay, so if you look at this chart, you'll notice three different funds here. One is the SPY, which is the S&P 500. The other one is the Russell 2000. Then you have the micro cap ETF. So if you look at these, the S&P 500's companies valued roughly at 12.7 billion or higher. Top 500 biggest companies in America. Russell 2000 thousand is company size is $300 million to $2 billion market cap. And then the micro cap is from 50 million to 300 million. So if you look at this, what do you notice? You'll notice SPY is up 18.66%. The rich get richer, the big get bigger, the stronger get stronger. Great. Russell 2000 is only up 7%. But look at the micro cap. Micro cap companies are down 1.85%. So why is that? Is it the bigger guys can afford to go through a season like this? They can weather the storm and it can kind of 
handle it because the amount of cash they have and capital they have and the smaller guys cannot? Possibly, but we cannot fool ourselves thinking the market is up just because these seven magnificent companies are carrying the weight. So, so far, the reason why the market hasn't crashed is one, Magnificent 7 is holding the S&P 500 high. So people are like, it's going to be okay. Number two, unemployment is super low, 50-year low. So people have jobs. They're paying their bills. They're not really that worried about it. They are worried, but not that worried about it to the point that the market has to think about maybe a crash or recession coming around the corner. However, number three is something to be concerned about because the U.S. consumer credit card debt tops a trillion dollars. So you may say, Pat, credit card debt, trillion dollars. I get it. It's the highest it's ever been in the history of America. It's not like that's that big of a deal. We've been spending money on credit cards for a while. Fine. No problem. But look at this chart. Tell me if this concerns you a little bit. This is the credit card interest rate. This shows you, let me explain what the differences are. Blue is the credit card rate. Orange is the five-year U.S. Treasury. The gray is the difference between the two. So look at credit card interest rates is the highest it's ever been because as rates go higher, your interest rate on your credit card goes higher and then it makes you miss payments more. So if you had a $33,000 credit card total debt and it keeps going higher and higher and higher, your payments are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The average person's like, look, I can afford to pay 300 bucks a month. I can't afford to pay $420 a month. All of a sudden it went up or a bigger number than that. $420, now it's 580. But this is not a good sign of what's taking place because people's interest payments are officially higher than they've ever been before. Now, for some of you guys that are watching this, I don't want to break it to you. I got some bad news for you. You know, the 30, 40 million students or Americans who were paying their debt for their student loan. Remember that whole where the, the government said, yeah, during COVID, don't worry about making the payments. We're going to defer this. In October, those things are coming back. So think about 30 to 40 million people having to pay another $300 per month that starts this month. So put that on top of everything else that's going on. Another 300 bucks a month. Now, this next one's going to be crazy because this next one, some people could say, Pat, this is why the market's not going to crash. And I'll give you the argument. Let me show it to you. So if you look at this chart, what this shows is the weighted average mortgage rate. So currently, mortgage rates are well over 7%, in some cases at 8%, about 4% or 5% higher than the lowest mortgage rates we had set earlier in 2022. So this is like a year and a half ago. We're around 3%. Today, we're at, say, 7.5-8%. Despite the sharp increase in interest rates, the weighted average rate has barely ticked up. Only those buying houses are affected by no mortgage rates, and there aren't many home buyers. So what this means is the weighted, if you take everybody's mortgage loan, everybody's loan together, and you average it, weighted rate that they have, it hasn't increased because people are not refinancing. The, the refi business is dead today, right? Only the people that are buying a new house are paying these new high rates, and people are not buying as many houses as they did before because people are not selling because those who are not wanting to sell, they don't want to go from a 3% loan to an 8% loan. You get the idea? How long this can last? No one knows, but they're still hanging on to that loan saying, I'm not giving up this 3% loan. Okay, so that was a breather. I gave you some bad news. That's a student loan. You got to pay it. Reminded you were kind of upset. Then I gave you some good news. This is the real news you want to know about why the market hasn't tanked. And when you look at this chart, this is the Fed funds and the lag effect, the lag, the delayed lag effect the graph below shows the Fed fund rate and the time is as measured in months from the last in a series of rate hikes preceding each recession since 1981. So, meaning they're increasing the rates, increasing, 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 increasing. Boom, they stop raising. How long did it take until recession hit? If you look at these numbers, you'll see a six, a 15 months, eight months, 17 months, 10 months. You know what that means? It takes roughly 11 months from the moment we stop raising interest rates, 
that recession appears. Again, if this data is real, say they raise interest rates next month, the month of November. Okay, let's go 11 months. December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October of 2024, a month before election, there should be a recession in America based on this chart. That's what should happen in 11 months from November. Now, some people may say, well, Pat, how come more corporations are not filing bankruptcy? How come all this stuff that happened in 2008 is not happening today? Because these corporations, if you look at this chart, what they were doing is the money they took. Companies were taking millions and billions from banks saying, go get some more money from the bank because it's so cheap. What do we do with the money? Just set it aside. Who cares? Well, go get the money. Yeah, but the, the rates are only locked for three years or two years or four. Go get 50 million. Go get a billion. Go get a hundred million. And they did. So what did these corporations do? They took that $50 million at 3% and they bought bonds. So the difference, let's just say the bonds paying 6%, the 6%, 3%, the 3% they're making on top of this. Okay, making, we're making 3% on 50 million bucks. Every year we're making a million and a half in interest. This is awesome. We should have borrowed more money. However, if you look at this chart, you know what's coming up? Here's what's coming up. When that expires and it matures and then it goes from three percent to eight percent they're going to be in deep trouble because they have to make those payments they can no longer make money on that so what do they do that's when they have to say hey we don't want this loan anymore let me give it back to you if they have the money or two bank's gonna say we're expecting a payment do you have it can we wait another month can we wait another two months this is why a company called WeWork that was valued at 47 billion dollars in 2017 where SoftBank gave it 18.9 billion dollar investment just defaulted on a 95 million dollar payment this month WeWork we haven't seen a lot of this yet this is coming soon. So, so let me unpack this lag effect of these corporations having to pay their interest on the loan that they took. So look, take a look at this chart. If you look at this chart, this is corporate debt maturing in billions of dollars to the left. So if you look at the remainder of 2023, you'll notice they have roughly another 220, 230 billion dollars of interest payments left to pay. They're going to end up paying roughly 525 billion dollars in 2023 of corporate debt maturing. This is the entire year of 2023. But look what it's projecting to to go in 2024 roughly 790 billion matures how much does it mature in 25 1.1 trillion and then it goes to roughly 1.2 trillion give or take 2027 stays at a trillion 2028 goes closer to 1.3 trillion how are they going to go all of a sudden from two three four five hundred billion dollars to a trillion to 1.4 1.4 trillion 1.5 trillion and this is why when we asked the question at the beginning, who is the least optimistic about recession? 84% CEOs. Maybe they know something that others don't because they know that debt is coming. So, so far we've talked about, imagine the average individual's like, look, dude, you, you might, school loan, I gotta pay for it now. Now credit card debt went up all of a sudden to the highest it's ever been, dude, I can't afford these payments. And you're noticing the defaults right now, you know, commercial real estate companies are defaulting on their payments, subprime auto finance. So those people that don't have good credit that bought a car, they're starting to default with their payments because their interest rates are going up, they're defaulting, they can't afford to pay it right now. But who else is experiencing this? Well, let, these were all small things we're talking about, right? You know who else? owes a lot of money? What corporation in the world owes the most money? You know what that corporation is called? The great United States of America. You know what's going to happen to them every time interest rates go up? Let's break it down for you. So U.S. roughly owes $33 trillion of national debt. Math would tell you and I that each 1% increase in interest rates pushes the government's interest expense up by you know how much? $320 billion. 
each percent. Each 3% is a trillion dollars. Just interest, increase, not total, an increase of an additional $3 trillion at each 3%. So just to kind of put that in context, if you look at this chart, look what it shows you. This is the interest expense we've had in US from 1970 till today. You know how it's gradually gone up, gone up, gone up, but it's not, not been anything crazy. Then look at COVID. Boom, boom, skyrocketed. How are we going to make these payments? I have no clue, but they're going to come to you and I because it's really our debt. The government is we the people. You and I are running, you know, we hired these people to run this corporation, but they come to you and I to fund it. So guess who they're coming to very soon? You and I. You know, there are certain things you look at to be motivated and excited about the future. You may want to skip this next chart. You would take a look at this chart here. So again, remember this corporation we're talking about called the United States of America? Here's what this is. The green is the tax revenue our government gets every year from you and I. The orange is our GDP. The blue is our interest payment. And the red is our debt, the $33 trillion debt. Look how many, many years ago in 1980, everything was right next to each other just 43 years ago. They're neck and neck. All of a sudden, boom, the red goes off to the roof. Look, it just skyrockets all the way to the top. GDP is a gradual growth. And guess what all of a sudden caught up to being the second highest now? It's our interest expense. This is not good news. This is why every time these guys don't want to go get their, you know, balance their budget, except they want to spend money. And people say, well, it's okay. Well, it's okay. Well, it's okay. You're just telling them, don't do your job. It's okay. Keep spending money. I'm okay with that. This is our doing because we voted these people in. You and I voted these people in and they're managing U.S.'s finances in a reckless way. Okay. So if you're watching the same Pat, okay, so what's your point? Do you, do you want me to start my day being worried? Should I be stressed out? Someone just shared this video with me and I'm sitting here saying, the hell is this all about? Am I supposed to now lock it up? and just not spend any money and not do anything. Here's all I'm saying to you is, I subscribe to the concept of only the paranoid survive. I'll give you a story and I'll wrap it up. Last night, Sunday night, I'm playing Monopoly with my two sons and my daughter. One of my sons decides to play very conservative and he's keeping and hanging on to all the cash. He's not buying any property. It's like, no, no, no. So he's got the most cash. One of my sons, every time he gets cash, He's building a house. I'm going to build three houses on Indiana, Kentucky, and this. I'm going to build three houses on Vermont, this and this and this. And we're like, dude, this guy's down to $200. And then we land on it. Oh, you owe me $320. Okay. Hope oh, you owe me $320. It's my turn. I'm going to buy two more houses and I want to build on this one. Okay. Boom. Oh, you owe me $550. I thought it was $320. I built two more houses. I'm going to go build now three hotels. Okay. How much is it? Hope oh, you owe me $900. Damn. And guess what? You don't have any money. I'll take that park place from you. But that's not fair. Or you can do it. So all of a sudden, he's got park place, boardwalk. He's got all everything going on right now. I want to build park place. And guess who lands on boardwalk? Daddy. I land on boardwalk. You know how much boardwalk is? $2,000 that I don't have. So I got to give him four railroads. And luckily, I was able to negotiate a good deal. I give him electricity. I give him all this stuff. And I got to give him a couple, you know, properties that I have. And next thing you know, you know who ends up winning? The guy that took a little bit more risks than my other son did, and he wins the game of Monopoly. What does this mean? Does it mean go spend all your money right now? No. All it means is if your tolerance for risk isn't high, don't take it. But don't expect to make a lot of money if you're going to be super conservative. But if you have some tolerance for risk, this may be a good time for you to be shopping certain things because the next three, six, 12 months, people may be very scared. And FYI, don't let the arrogance of people saying everything's going to be okay. The market's not going to crash. It's going to be a recession soft landing. Whenever anybody says that, including myself, just kind of say, I don't think anybody knows what they're talking about. I'm just willing to listen to everybody. 
All I know is only the paranoid survive. Having said that, if you got value out of this video, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. If you've never seen a video on the dollar collapsing, highly recommend you watch this video. Click here to watch it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.